What's up, movie fans and Netflix bingers? This is the Bros Who Binge podcast. My name is Adam Schubert, and as always, I'm joined by Lyndon Burton. Lyndon, how are you doing this week? I'm doing good, man. You know, solid week this week. Uh, episodes like this is why I wish I had all the episodes of The Boys out, like now, because I wait till Sunday before when we record this pod to watch, and it didn't get spoiled for me, luckily. And then I watch it, I'm like, damn, I just want to keep watching it. I don't want to stop. And then to find out we only have two episodes left, that's fucking ass, bro. That sucks. That sucks we only have two episodes left, but that's okay because the next season is probably going to come faster than this one. Yeah, did. since it's already shot or whatever. Yeah, so it'll it'll come faster than this one. And then we have The Mandalorian starting in, what, two, three weeks? End of the month. Ooh, so end, of, gotta, end of October. We got to wait a little longer. And then we only got three episodes left to Lovecraft. Yeah, so, I mean, we're going to have, like, a little lull period in between to go to Mando. And Avatar um, will be done with probably like, if not next week, we probably Avatar. around Mando. Yeah, so um, our slate's looking to to open up a little bit. Yeah, and then once we get to Mandalorian, that's going to be what eight straight weeks because they don't have any double episodes. Yeah, and, I mean, I guess that's that's supposed to take you to the end of the year, pretty much. That'll carry us Everything. to Wandavision because good. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so we'll be okay going that way. But, like, man, loving the boys. Like, this this week's episode was really good. Can't wait to talk about it. I'm just letting people know at the beginning of the show, I don't know what the fuck was going on in Lovecraft this week. And we'll try to talk about it, but I have no idea what was going on. But other than that, been good. Been watching a lot of old movies, man. But why I watched, like, a lot of Alfred Hitchcock stuff this past week. Like, I watched uh, Vertigo. I watched To Catch a Thief. That's the one with... Uh, with my guy, where he's the cat in a... He's basically Lupin the Third, but I uh, I forget his I'm name. Like Cary Grant? Yeah, Cary Grant's in it, To Catch a Thief. That's a good one. I watched Vertigo with Jimmy Stewart, and then I watched the other one, the one that's like a, a Rear Window, where he's just like chilling in his house, all fucked up, and he's looking at a murder happen across the street. All three really, really great movies. And funny enough, people rank Vertigo higher than To Catch a Thief in Real Rear Window. I'm more of a Rear Window in... To Catch a Thief fan, I liked what Cary Grant did in that movie. North by Northwest was cool, too. I liked it, but I I, I was a, I was a fan of the cat and, and Roby and everything Cary Grant did. But I've been watching a lot of 40s, 50s, and 60s movies recently. Just doing my thug thizzle, man. Chilling. That's dope. I've been uh, getting ready to set the slate for October. I'm excited to get in this uh, horror bag. I guess it's really something that I've been, like, feeling. Because okay. I never really been into like watching horror movies when I was growing up because like I would get scared or whatever but now I, I really want to like tap into like the ones that I can handle like there's still like some of that stuff like I guess you know the the real supernatural shit is where like I you know like the conjuring sinister kind of stuff is like the shit that like scares the fuck out of me <laughs> oh yeah but, like, I, could, I couldn't sleep for a while after watching it no it wasn't insidious it was the one uh it's the one about the catholic church even though looking back on it yeah. it wasn't that scary but it was just everything to do with the catholic church and at the time I was getting confirmed and it was just like ooh this is <laughs> but I, I want to go back and I want to like watch the exorcist and i want to like uh, watch um you know freddy krueger and have fun with that know, and some of like the uh some of the slasher ones and uh like you know and maybe some of the ones that are like borderline horror and like comedy like evil dead 
So like, you enjoy yourself with that this October. I will not be joining you. I've, I've seen my fair share of horror films, unless you recommend one, I'll watch it. But like, yeah, I used to be scared I, growing up watching Freddy Krueger because my mom is one of those religious moms that would have crosses on the room. And you know, in Freddy Krueger, in every house, they had a cross on the door. So like my shit, bro, I used to be scared as shit in my room when after I watched one of those fucking movies. <laughs> Yeah, so I want to get into that. And also, even in Movie on the Rise, I have a television show that's horror. Because, you know, it all starts to come out during this that I want to talk about. And I also watched the trailer to Haunted and Haunting in Bly Manor, which is like the haunting you just been in a horror vibe, my guy. Yeah, but I mean, like, I decided not to talk about the trailer because I didn't want to, like, make you watch it. Because, like, it's, you know, it's just the same old, same old with that. But I, I don't know if I'm going to watch that on Netflix, but I will watch the trailer. And it's okay. out there, so. Lid, I might, I might join you. Also, I also went on, like, an Eddie Murphy bender for, like, three days or two days. I watched Trading Places, Harlem Nights, Coming to America, 48 Hours, and Beverly Hills Cop. Like watched all of them because I, I made my girlfriend watch Beverly Hills Cop with me. She enjoyed it a lot, but then she went to sleep and I was like, "Oh, I want to watch Trading Places now." So then it just I, kept spiraling. That movie is really racist, by the way. It, <laughs> like, is, it, is, it is. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. Like, don't get it twisted. I love Trading Places. My mom loves Trading Places. Like a lot of black people I know love Trading Places. That movie is amazing. But my God, is it like... That's why Dan Aykroyd isn't canceled, because like, it's just so beloved by the black community that they're like, okay, well, Dan Aykroyd, you know, you do blackface in this movie. What's up, man? Cool. <laughs> that dude was wallin', bro. And then, and then Rudolph and his brother Randolph, them two niggas was wallin', too. But not so much the older-looking one. The white-haired one, was, was, was he faked it pretty well to the end where he was like, I won't have a black man running our company. And the other one was like, damn straight, Randolph. Damn straight. <laughs> Shit was hilarious, bro. But yeah, I, I, I like watching that at Christmas time. I told my girlfriend, I was like, this Christmas, we're got, Trading Place is going to be on the list. It's a Christmas movie. It is. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, it's a Christmas yeah, but, and New Year's movie. It's like both of them. But I guess I wanted to, to dial it up into the edge a little bit because like, I've been watching all the reality shows. Like This week, Love Island uh, ends. Oh, so. yeah. I've been hearing about American Love Island. Is it as good as our British Companions? Uh, I mean, not, I, I won't I, watch I it. I haven't dove into like a whole, I haven't been able to go through a whole season of the British just because, oh. like, just because, like, it's so long. And so, I love, like, having, I, bro, having, I was in the last British season. Shout out I mean, to having, my, shout out to my people. Uh, what's my Rebecca McGorley? Uh, fuck, fuck, Shanice, uh, Shauna, Shauna Phillips. Shout out to the twins, Jennifer, uh, Jessica, and Eva Rose Gal. Yo, y'all, come on the pod. I guess, like, what makes this exciting to watch is that it's going on as is. So, like, this is, like, real time. This is, like, during the era that we're in. So, like, you know, the whole idea that they're in this little quarantine bubble and, like, you know, is a part of the whole bit. And, you know, you you get to tweet along with everybody who's watching it. So, like, I feel like that's why I've been more so inclined for this U.S. season. But, obviously, like, the U.K. stuff is always way more interesting yeah, uh, that's but then OG. Big, Big Brother is going to have its first triple eviction this week. Oh, gonna... yeah. I've been seeing about that on the timeline. I told my girlfriend, I was like, I so, know Schubert Schubert's happy about this shit. Yeah. So, and then uh, Bachelorette starts in two weeks. So, isn't this like the forgotten season? 
No, this is the season that's gonna be dope. I've told you about this, where like the chick comes in and then she's oh, then like, she leaves, and then two weeks later she's like, oh no, I just want this dude, and then just leaves, and then oh, like yeah. then the other girl comes in. Oh yeah, I'm watching this one just for that. Yeah, I'm watching this shit. Okay, yeah. lit. I'm hype. All right, well, lit. Uh, we got a lot of stories. Let me say this at the top: we are doing something. We're testing something that's gonna be. Oh, yeah. a, we're testing in this podcast as well as anime talk this week. We're testing an idea. That we're gonna have, we're gonna clip out this segment on this show and the one on Anime Talk. But it's a show idea that we came up with. We don't have the name for it. We're just it's it's gonna be a draft. We don't have the name for the show yet, but basically we're testing it in Anime Talk and in this show. In this show, what we're gonna be drafting is me and Schubert will be drafting our own Justice League. There's rules to it. We were take we're taking seven members. Uh, there's a rule that if we pick one trinity member so let's say schubert drafts wonder woman he cannot draft batman or superman or if i draft batman i cannot draft superman or wonder woman we can only have one member of the trinity and then the rest is fair game you can go with villains if you want you have to explain it you can do whatever you want but just only one trinity member and seven members me and schubert have like a a inside thing where we're gonna it's not a rule but we're gonna try to put a rookie on the squad they don't necessarily have to have been on the justice league or they could have been but we're just going to call them our rookie. So in an anime talk, we're drafting pretty much our, like the young boy. Crew. Yeah, pretty much the pirate. Yeah, pretty much the young boy. And on anime talk this week, you can check out. We're going to be me and uh, Chris will be drafting our pirate crew from one piece. The rules and that is no Marines and no Yonkos. So we're, we're testing out this little this little draft idea we got. But we're, we're starting on this show with drafting our Justice League. And I'm super high for this. I'm interested to see who you pick. Yeah, I definitely. Uh think it's going to be a pretty interesting idea and you know we're sticking with just dc right yeah just dc no nothing we'll, yeah. we'll draft an avengers team later down the line but today and i feel just- like that's going to be even more difficult because like when you said let's draft a justice league i'm like okay seven members yeah but like from avengers i don't know what do you pick we'd four ha- we like, probably have to make it like seven we'd probably do seven again yeah but i guess like you know just Justice League is just Super, e- Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Flash, Green Lantern, Aquaman, Martian Manhunters, and Hulk. Is where, and, well, yeah, well, yeah. So, and then there's like a a floating like, seven. I, you know, Green Arrow. Yeah, Black Canary, whatever. Firestorm, the Atom. You, you you can throw many different yeah. ones in there. But I'm super excited to test this out. We're drafting our Justice League. Y'all stick around for the show for that. But uh, Schubert, whenever you're ready, man, we can get started. All right, yeah, I'm ready, so let's get going. As always on the top, I want to do a little bit about Star Wars. The news that came out about uh, the new Rogue One spinoff series is that it's going to have a new director. Toby Haynes will helm the first three episodes, replacing Tony Gilroy. Gilroy dropped off as director for COVID-related travel reasons and will serve as the showrunner showrunner uh tony gilroy was the writer for rogue one so he pretty much created the character that was why he was given these liberties uh toby hayes um i I believe linda might be talking about a little bit later but utopia the series on amazon he Ah, directed four episodes of that series he directed the tv movie brexit he uh, directed the black mirror episode uss as callister he probably he has a good resume um he did some doctor who some sherlock so he's uh, he's definitely a, a pretty solid director and someone that I'm pretty confident to be leading these first three episodes of the Cassian Andor series as we're now wanting to see what teams 
Lucasfilm and Disney develop to create these other series? Because, you know, we know about Deborah Chow and Obi-Wan, but I also want to know about that round table, watching the director, the, the director documentary of Mandalorian and seeing like the round table of directors and the minds that went into that story. I wanted, I'm always interested to figure out what minds are going to come together um, with, you know, Toby Haynes and Tony Gilroy here. You know, who who are they going to get to build out the story? Yeah, interesting. So this is the cast. Okay, see, I was confused when you were reading this because I'm reading the Raul Cooley news, and I thought oh, you were yeah, talking about yeah. that. But nah. no, you're talking about Cassian Andor. Okay, cool. Good for uh, good for this guy. Like I said, he has a good uh, resume under his belt, and I'm going to be talking about his show Utopia a little bit later. So dope. I'm, once I finish watching that, I'll let you know what I think about this guy. But cool. Good good for all of this. Yeah, well, I, I mean, the, he, the next he, one's the one. Like, what's yeah, Raul this, Cooley this talking is, about? Yeah, Raul Cooley is jokingly teasing Star Wars fans that he has gotten, quote, into Lothal orphan, Force-sensitive, trained by Kanan Jarrus kind of shape for no particular reason, end quote. Uh, he said that he was playing around, but it would be great if he was teasing that he's actually going to play an older Ezra. Is he teasing? Uh, bro, look. I'm just saying. We got, what's her name, That's coming into the show. We got a... Uh, well, no, we got, uh, what's the, what's the, what's the oh, girl? we got Ahsoka. I wouldn't be surprised if we see maybe Sabine, depending on how many episodes Ahsoka's in Mando. If not, we're definitely going to see Sabine in the, in the Ahsoka series, which is coming. And maybe that's where we see Raul Cooley. I don't think we see Raul Cooley in Mandalorian. I think we see him for sure if he's playing in, in, uh, the Ahsoka series, but I think that's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I think that he's definitely a solid candidate to be in that space. I mean, if you look at the guy, he kind of looks like Ezra. And if and if uh, Dave Filoni's doing the Ahsoka series, which I like, am ninety percent sure he's a part of. Like, that's his baby. Like, those are his characters. You're telling me he already put his characters in Mandalorian. You're telling me he's not gonna put his other characters in the series with the person who was with his other characters before? Like, come on, fam. What are we What are we talking about? Like, that's going to happen. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah, I mean, and he's an up-and-coming actor right now, and I think he, he'd be a really popular pick to uh, to jump in and do this. You know, someone that's a little bit off the map, but, uh, you know... He's good in his zombie. ...has a resume. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, he's he's known to some people, but it would be like... It's not like bringing in Rosario Dawson, you know? Yeah. Like, that was my thing with that casting, is that, okay, you bring in Rosario Dawson, like... When is it Rosario Dawson going to be like, you know, I'm a little bit bigger than doing the Ahsoka thing for years and years and years. So, I don't know. I feel like this could be a role that could be like a career-defining thing for him if he decided to do it and yeah. do it in a big way. Um, but this but, reminds you know, me of, uh, what's his name? This reminds me of what uh, Kern Waters was doing before DC Fandom when he was just tweeting out pictures of Red Hood comics for like four months and everybody was like, what are you doing that for, bro? Like, is that coming? And, like, we knew it was coming, but, like, he was just teasing it. That's, like, low-key Cole Sprouse teasing pictures of Sanji, like, just dropping pictures of Sanji on, on his thing, being like, y'all think I look like him? I think I could pull it off. And he was just doing kicks Cole and Sprouse. shit. Cole Sprouse was dropping pictures of Sanji on IG, and then they made him delete them. They're gone now. So I, look, all these, all these little actors are dropping these hints. I do you think he could, he could do that real quick? Real quick, do I think Cole Sprouse could do Sanji? Funny enough, yes, I do. 
I, 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 like, if you go look at those pictures with his mustache, his blonde hair to the side, he, I mean, he, he had his he leg could look up. like him, but like this dude, <laughs> this, this dude gonna be kicking around. Like, I don't know. Well, that's gonna be the stunt double, but you know, I mean, yeah, she'll be lit, but but I mean, like, for him to go out here and be so specific with his that's reference thing. here, like, you're not like, gonna, you don't just, why are you gonna that tweet that you know. out, out of the blue? Like, you know, who, who says, oh, I'm getting into Ezra shape? Like, same thing, same thing happened with which, what's our guy's name from, uh, the bigger guy from from uh from uh Beauty and the Beast, he was he was uh no, Josh Gad. You remember when Josh Gad was tweeting about the penguin? Funny enough, he had the audition. He didn't get it, but he had the audition. So you know, at least maybe this could be one of those things where he's planning to audition for the role. He might so not that role get could it. be coming. Yeah, I, yeah. Now that's what I'm saying. I think the role's coming for sure. That's that's okay. what I'm saying. But like, then, think- yeah, that's something to get excited about because I feel like. You know, especially with what we're doing here with what the Mandalorian's going to and what we're thinking about getting in an Ahsoka series, you know, Ezra could play a major role in that. The only question I have for you is, does this fuck up the new trilogy? Because if Ezra, Ahsoka, Baby Yoda are all alive as Jedis, how the hell did Kylo Ren and all of this shit take over? Now with, it's difficult with, with Luke in the background, mind you. It's difficult because you're talking to me, and I've been out there, and there's some out there theories of what <laughs> the whole Baby Yoda thing is entailing. Like, there's theories out there. There's don't like, tell me they think know, he's Snoke. <laughs> no, 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 no. There's like theories out there that you know Baby Yoda connection to meeting up with Ahsoka and Ezra could get wrapped up into the whole. Uh, world between worlds thing and end up traveling back in time and being Yoda. There's like theories that like um, you know even that they all go into the world between worlds and they pop in after the events. You know like b- because of that whole time travel element that was introduced in Rebels. Like you you never know what might happen and especially because we don't know what's hap- what's happened with Ezra for the all this time. We don't know where he has been. You know. There was those theories that Snoke came from like the outer regions. Well, we know what that is now. Like after the, the thr- trilogy ended, we we know what, what all that was. And so where did Ezra go? So yeah. like that's the whole the whole thing. So you know that's some things that they could be put piecing together with this. But you know my whole thing with Mandalorian season two is that for seeing him like getting some connection to the the rebels resistance. You know that that whole uh, element of the world in this season. Like, you know, if Luke knows that this little baby Yoda's out in the world, then what the heck is Luke doing? Just sucking his thumb? <laughs> like, and Leia too. Like, you know, what, what are they doing? Like, and that's why I just asked. I have to ask the question, does it mess up what we have now? Like, uh, but I don't think- I don't think, Filo- I don't think a lot of the fans would care. Yeah, and also I don't think Filoni's gonna do that. I don't think Filoni would mess up. He's gonna tie it in smoothly. But like, how do you feel being a avid Star Wars fan about time travel, about all this, 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 these potential theories and whatnot? Are you okay uh, it with it? it? It all depends on how it's done. Because like, I felt like Rebels like really did it well. Okay. Where like they tied in like an element of like, okay, well, he saved Ahsoka in like a different time period and brought her into a future time period. So there's a whole time period of like years where Ahsoka is just like not a thing. Mm-hmm. But she pops it, you know. So it's, so I mean, like, it's, just, you know, 
it muddles things up a little bit from like what the the movies give you but the movie is just a small snippet snippet of the the universe universe, you know so like it's only told from a certain point of view that's the whole thing that star wars fans like true star wars fans understand is that every little story is told in its own certain point of view so let me ask you what you asked me two weeks ago about dc are they getting too inside baseball i'm worried that they are doing that with the series yeah because like you know at least, you know, with this Cassie and Andor thing, I feel like there's not going to be any inside baseball with that. It's going to be pretty cut and dry. Yeah. You know, espionage. And that's what people Star liked Wars. about season one was that it was cut and dry Western. If they're doing all of this extra, sh- it's not a Western anymore. Like, it's not. Well, it still can be a Western, but that's where I'm hoping that, like, whatever they're trying to do with this Jedi shit branches. Branches. And goes like, to Ahsoka. Let, let it go to Ahsoka. Like, you yeah. know. And maybe, like, the Mandalorian has, like, well, you know, I wouldn't even be surprised if, like, they cut it after season three or something, if this Baby Yoda branches. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, because, like, the whole show, I guess, is, like, you know, the relationship between the two. And, you know, how long are you going to be able to keep Pedro Pascal? Like, look what this dude is doing out in Hollywood at this point. So, you know, maybe they're looking to, like, figure out their next endeavor while they have Pedro Pascal, so... Interesting. I just want to ask you this, but we'll we'll keep everybody up to date with Star Wars news. But next up, big DC news. Two big DC stories. So we're going to start off with the movies, uh, or even though both pertain to the movies, but I digress. Aldous Hodge will soar as DC comic superhero Hawkman in the movie Black Adam. Uh, the Rock gave a very good story of him telling Aldous that he is Hawkman. And for all the people who are like, but Hawkman was a white guy. Well, Hawkman was reincarnated. Hawkman was an alien. Hawkman is either an alien... Well, all right. This is super, super inside baseball. Hawkman is a reincarnated entity from thousands of years. He's been an alien. He's been a human. He's been black. He's been white. He's been Asian. Hawkman is an alien, and Hawkman's a human. He's an entity that just keeps getting reincarnated. So Aldous Hodge may be one interpretation of Hawkman. By the time Hawkman catches up with Shazam, if there's one by that time, it may be a new Hawkman. So... Just throwing that out there for those people like that. But I like the casting of Aldous Hodge. I like him with Noah Centino and, and going with The Rock. He's the, he, uh, the Rock has also said that uh, this guy's the leader of the JSA or of, of the Justice League Society of America, the JSA. Uh, so, look, I'm interested in this. Good to see Hawkman. We're not getting a Hawk girl, so that tells me, hmm, that perks my ears up. Where is she going to come in at? Because if you have a Hawkman, it's going to be pretty soon we get a Hawk girl. So it depends. I think it depends on how what iteration of Hawkman is this, because like, you know, you have the the Hawkman, like you were talking about the alien that has like an entire race of like Hawk people. You know, what I'm talking about the, the, yeah. from the Justice League comics or not the comics, but one comics Cart- and well, for the cartoon. The, yeah, cartoon. The, the, the Thanagarians. But, yeah, no, that that's in comics. The Thanagarians. And so but like the one that I'm thinking that I might interpret into is the one from uh legends of of tomorrow which is is my connection to what's going on right now where in legends of tomorrow they have hot girl i'm not saying that it's going to be the same hot girl that comes into this but like they go into the whole like years of reincarnation and stuff like that so i'm hoping that that's like what they're going for with this hawk man and like you know we'll get a hot girl at some maybe at some point, depending it, it, on how, how successful the, this is. Well, how successful this is and how the Hawkman character is carried throughout the film. Like I, you know, I don't know what he his storyline is yeah, gonna be with yeah. yeah, within Black Adam. So 
100%. But this is this is good news. We got another DC superhero. And I like the casting of Aldous Hodge. He's a young actor who's coming up. I'm sure he, he this tells me that DC was looking at a bunch of black actors. This If I had to bet my marbles, if I wanted to be like, hmm, if I'm inside the Warner Brothers, a fly on the office, I bet dollars to donuts that this dude tested for Green Lantern. But they liked him. They just didn't think he was good enough. And he got this. If I had to bet the uh, the mortgage of the house on it, I'd, I'd, I'd bet it on that. I think that's a pretty safe assumption. But don't like hearing that my guy, J.D. Dubs, is trying to go to Marvel. Like, nah, bro. Well, he just said that he's interested in being Reed Richards. If, yeah, but you like that, this, you know, we don't even know when there's going to be a Fantastic Four movie. Like, he mm-hmm. might be too big for that anyway. Yeah, he, can, he, he he's staying over at Warner Brothers. But next up, Speaking of Warner Brothers, this is to me, and let me say this now. To me, this tells me DC has an idea. This tells me Gunn's just about to do his Guardians of the Galaxy and jump ship. This tells me that DC knows where they want to take their universe. This tells me that HBO Max is connected. This tells me that maybe even CW's connected, where it's a universe inside of this multiverse. They might not, they might ever never show up in the films. Maybe unless they do like a Crisis on Infinite Earth again, like or something along those lines. But this tells me that they they have a plan for their multiverse and where they're going to go. So HBO Max is giving a green light series to a Peacemaker spinoff from John Cena and uh, James Gunn from the upcoming Suicide Squad movie. He's going to reprise his role. However, James Gunn has not given any details on if this is a prequel, if if Cena is alive after Suicide Squad. He said he's purposely not telling you to not spoil his movie. We will find out more about this series and what it entails until then. But all we know right now is a Peacemaker series is coming after the Suicide Squad movie. Uh, James Grunt is going to write the whole series and direct multiple episodes, including the pilot, and it's going to be eight episodes. I'm hyped for this. This, this is... You don't you don't make this announcement unless this movie's kick ass, and, and you definitely don't make this announcement unless you like Cena in this in this role. So that tells me a Cena's fucking incredible, and b the movie's fucking incredible. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that this shows that you're super confident in what James Gunn put together, and you know, and like you said, especially in what Cena's character puts together in this. I kind of assumed like if anyone was going to take like a piece well yeah out of the characters that we saw that were established in the suicide squad, if anyone could carry on like a a, a spin-off or like some someone that you know I, I felt felt like it would have been seen as peacemaker like it's just it seems like it's a very interesting character. Yeah, especially from like doing research into like what he what he's all about. He's all a vigilante. That. He's a vigilante yeah. that that that'll kill. He, he's basically Batman, that, but that'll kill. And like, well, let me not say Batman. He's more he's Captain America, but someone who would just kill at all costs. Interesting that Bloodsport isn't the um, character that that Gun chose. Idris Elba's. That may be because they couldn't get Idris Elba to do a TV show, but I doubt that because Idris Elba did Luther as well as James and he did Gunn. That goofy ass DJ show on Netflix. And and Idris and uh James Gunn said he wrote this role specifically for Idris Elba, and he looked and he he had this character and vision for him the whole time. Now that makes me think: Does Idris Elba's storyline end in Suicide Squad? How does that go? Are they saving him for the next movie? We're gonna have to see. But Peacemaker's getting a show, and I'm super super excited for this. I have a feeling that it's gonna be. Do we, do we? So we don't know if this is going to happen before the movie. This is happening after, but we don't know where it takes I, place. I think I think it, uh, I think he makes it through. 
the movie. Oh yeah, I think Peacemaker's making it through. Even though like Gunn's trying to tease us that he doesn't. I think the movie's gonna be a half origin. I mean, I think the TV show's gonna be a half like flashbacks to his origin, but it's gonna be post movie. That's what I'm thinking too. I'm thinking I'm thinking it's post movie. Something's gonna happen in that movie to where Peacemaker's gonna have to get he's gonna get out of the squad of some of some form. Cause I don't think you you don't do a Peacemaker series where he's still in the squad because then you'd have to show Amanda Waller and all these other characters, and I don't think they're going to do that, even though HBO is, it's HBO we're dealing with, so it's a different, it's a different ball game. but I still think this is, this is something's going to happen in this movie to where Cena's character gets either separated or gets free of the Suicide Squad, and he's going to go on his own adventure. Yeah, I mean, it could easily be a prequel. It's just it like, you know, I, but yeah, that's just my early guess at this point. I'd rather bet on that than a prequel because Gunn seems adamant about that. But maybe that's just a, just a well. And I just want the optimism of having something that's going to run. Mm-hmm. But you know, how long could you secure Cena? That's like what I was talking about with the Star Wars people. It's but like, also, how long it's, could... but see, to me, I feel like this is different than Disney Plus, and this is no disrespect to Disney Plus. HBO has a has a has like a, a stigma about it to where if you're a big actor, if you're going to do TV, you're doing it on HBO. That's fair. So, like, I don't know. I, see, that's why I feel it's different. That's why, to, for the rumors of Ben Affleck getting a Batman series on HBO Max, I could believe it. Even though I don't think it's going to happen because it takes away from Robert Pattinson, and I think Ben Affleck's done after Flash. But I just think that level of actor would be more inclined to do these superhero shows on HBO Max than anywhere else. Probably so. But I think it's pretty exciting news, and you know, especially that James Gunn really is just kind of Cement, you know, making his stamp on the DC universe. Marvel, man, he's it's done for y'all. He's going to do Gardner's Gags. He's coming back. It's over. But from one spinoff to another, the boys could soon be getting a spinoff. Oh, so, not soon. They are. Or yeah, well, they are going to have a spinoff. Spinoff. Um, and we've learned that Amazon is fast tracking the development of this new adaptation, which is going to be a spinoff at America's only college exclusively for young soups that is run by Vought international It is described as an R rated series that explores the lives of hormonal competitive soups as they put their physical, sexual, and moral boundaries to the test competing for the best contracts in the best cities. What does this remind you of part college? show? part Hunger Games with all the heart satire and raunch of the boys Craig Rosenberg is writing the pilot and will serve as a showrunner what does this remind you of Lyndon? This reminds me of Teen Titans and X-Men mm, mm. Which reminds me of My Hero Academia Oh I could buy that too I, I, this, If you read the boys comics there's this group of, of kids called the Teenage Kicks that is their teenage superhero team that is a Teen Titans X-Men Young Avengers type I think we're going to see some of those storylines play out in this since we haven't seen it in the in the uh the show since the show's going a little bit away from that but this is this sounds interesting man i'm very excited look the more boys content the better the boys have shown that it's a hit and then we're getting the same team working on it so i'm hyped yeah you know i've i've i really like that it's gonna still say r-rated you know we're really gonna like it, it's gonna be you know pretty uh pretty out there and well, the reason I give that My Hero Academia thoughts is that I'm thinking that there's going to be like a tournament arc, kind of like your typical anime tournament arc. But like the best contracts in the best cities makes me think of 
same thing in My Hero Academia where the heroes are looking to get contracts or internships they were going through uh, to some of the best programs. So, you know, I kind of feel like that's where this is kind of going to go. Then the Hunger Games element makes me think that there's going to be some kind of big tournament. Competing, you know, I I feel like there's going to be like a lot of competition involved, you know, possibly deaths. uh, But like, I do feel like it's going to have the same kind of what you're saying with Team Teen Titans, like how they react with one another and their connections and the seriousness of the tone. I'm look, I'm all for this. Like, give me a tournament art, give me anime style stuff. Like, I'm all for all of this. Like, I I think Amazon is doing the right thing. Amazon knows that The Boys is its most popular show and it's the biggest show. Let's make a spin-off. And I think a spin-off actually is necessary here, unlike in other places. I feel like Amazon is going to take this, you know, the boys and bought and all that and make its own universe out of it. I'm down. I'm so down. Like this is the Amazon verse. Like the this is their superhero, and I'm glad that they're. I, they, I mean, they're I like giving that us they the pretty R much gave it its own name, the VCU. Yeah, true. The Vault Cinematic so, Universe. So, like, I feel like this is just uh, a, the first step in that. You know, yeah. I think we what the boys gives us is that perspective from like the humans, and it's still the soup soup. Um, still from the soups too, but. They're more With so the, the antagonists. And the gang. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, they're fighting them as the antagonists, but here we're going to get them as like, we're rooting characters. for them, I guess, at this point. They're the, they're the main character. Maybe not rooting for them. I don't know. And we'll that's see. interesting because how, at this point, as fans of the show, how are they going to expect us to root for the soups? And that's going to be a very interesting conundrum they're faced with to see how they pull off. But I'm, I'm here for it, man. Give me more boys well, content. You know, the thing that we come across in the boys is that not every person's homelander you know what i'm saying also not every person even in the boys not every person's good well and even yeah and what we've learned even and, in this but, but let's, let's like save that because because i want to talk about that in this week's at least this week's review well i'm just saying like a character like gecko who we met in season two you know not all superpowers are powerful and not every super super soup gets to be super powerful and it's you know even in the season we met the guy who's pretty much like green arrow and yeah. he's like the superhero of columbus and you know seeing the deep end up you know going to where he goes to i don't want to do too many spoilers people haven't watched all the boys but like you know each superhero reigns over a city so now we're going to see how all of that comes into play and what kind and of starlight was in a team a group series. We've heard yeah, she was in a team group, yeah. We've heard that, so it's going to be interesting to see how they do this. But I'm I'm all for it, all for um, it. Well, let's talk about our one trailer of the week. It's looks like it could be one that's going to be play in play for some Oscars. The sound of, or just called Sound of Metal, starring Riz Ahmed. It looks really good. Um, it does look really good. Riz Ahmed is pretty much a drummer, and he ends up losing his hearing, and it goes kind of through the struggles of what he goes. Um, to like a deaf a deaf camp, camp. I I wouldn't say camp, but like, like, a, you know, like a support like, group. Yeah, like a a getaway for like where deaf people can deal with like losing their hearing later in life or something yeah. along those lines. But it, it won an award at TIFF, I believe. It was already at TIFF for all these awards. It was it was a award. It was a, a indie award darling. So now it's about to get a wide release. It's going to be on Amazon as well as in theaters. So that tells me Amazon's trying to make it to the Oscar push. 
Sure. I mean, from what we've seen from Amazon already and what I've seen from Amazon, even within the past year, having seen like Honey Boy, you know, they're putting out really quality dramas um, on top of the the television series that they're already doing. I've been saying they're the best. They're the, the it's them and HBO at the top in terms of quality. So I believe that this could be something pretty big. And if Riz Ahmed doesn't win an Oscar, I uh, hope that maybe he gets some recognition. And look, the for, night of, I, I know we didn't talk about Riz Ahmed in our conversation of actors who got next, but like Riz Ahmed's up there. He's on that list. He's up there. I mean, yeah, the night of was a phenomenal series. He did make it into a Star Wars movie. Wasn't and, too big, but if this is successful, then like sky's the limit for him. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I feel like for him, he's in one of those more serious paths. Yeah, he's not going to be like, doing too many more blockbusters. I'm not saying like Riz Ahmed is going to be like popping up in like big franchises anymore, but I yeah. feel like he's going to be like the guy who does like, you know, these these big dramatic movies or HBO series. But, yep. you know, I'm for it because I think he's great. Yeah, no, I'm with you 100%. Next up, we got Samuel Jackson is set to reprise his role as Nick Fury in a new Marvel series currently in development at Disney+. Plus. Uh, we have learned ex- uh, the exact pilot details of the show are being kept under wraps, but multiple sources say Jackson is attached to star with Kyle Bradstreet, attached to write and executive produce, like all other Marvel shows at Disney+, Plus. Marvel Studios will produce as well. Word on Road is that it's going to deal with S.W.O.R.D. We're going to see uh, the S.W.O.R.D. We could possibly maybe see a- the Agent of shield come into this but it mainly is going to focus on sword in the kree uh wars that are coming up this feels to me like they're setting up secret wars this this feels to me like they're setting up secret wars through all of this stuff going on getting us ready for our next big big event and we've seen it with we've seen the kree in spider-man homecoming and now we're going to probably see the kree in this as well as sword the uh the uh, United States, like, are the worlds of Earth's, like, defense against outer space and whatnot. So we're, this is going to be interesting, but good for Samuel Jackson. Yeah, Kyle Bradstreet is the guy who did a lot of work on Mr. Robot. Uh, yeah. um, so I feel like that gives me the sense that it is going to be a fairly seriously toned for for Disney Plus, as much as you can for Disney Plus. But, I mean, like, if Samuel Jackson is going to do it, I mean, Samuel Jackson ain't going to do any kitty shit. Yeah. So, I mean, I, you know, when I first saw this story, I was like, really, are we going to do like a Nick Fury thing right now? Like, what really can we get out of this? But I feel like it is going to be a little bit of exposition. I don't really know how much of this is going to be like, oh, yeah, you know, that Nick Fury series was really badass. No, nah, it's, it's more of like setup. Like, I feel like because Disney now has, Marvel has now has this streaming service, all those things that could have been in movies like little side notes they're just getting tv shows to be exposition pretty much yeah i feel like this is like marvel's opportunity to exactly what we're saying like to provide exposition in between films yeah what's really interesting is are all the fans like the casuals like my girlfriend who followed the mcu are like all these casual people gonna just like be able to follow along like this is intense like i'm for it i'm down but like Marvel has hamstrung themselves to the fact to where every little thing connects. So it's like, if I miss out on WandaVision, then I won't know shit for Doctor Strange. You know, I almost feel like since Disney Plus, I almost feel like Disney Plus is like, hey, you know, we're Disney Plus. At the end of the day, a lot of people are going to buy our streaming service just because we're Disney and they want uh, the availability to Disney content. 
that we we can get inside baseball for these specific niche series because those people are going to buy the service for that. And if and and if casual fans don't want to watch it, then they don't have to watch it. They just miss out. <laughs> well, no, I mean, not even missing out. Like if you know, if they have, if they're just casual fans and they're just going to watch the movies as they are. I mean, but the people who are going to be the diehard fans are the ones that are going to buy the service just for that. True, but, but my question is, do do we do the people who watch the movies understand everything that's going on? I mean, I guess it could be a little bit difficult. Um, that's my only question. If, like, if this one's going to provide so much exposition to be like, okay, well, you know, they're going to walk into sword and be like, or not sword, but like walk into Eternals and be like, what the heck is sword? Or they'll or, walk you know, into the Captain Marvel part, Captain Marvel two. Like, you what know, the fuck is sword? What's going on with the Kree? Uh, especially like you know when we get down the line to Doctor Strange, like if they hadn't seen WandaVision, they're gonna be like, well, you know, what is all this with Scarlet Witch? Like, yeah, so like I don't how, know. She's evil. Like what? So it's gonna be so, interesting to see. It's interesting that DC and Marvel are on two separate paths to where Marvel's so hamstrung to their connectivity, and DC is so DC has an opposite problem. DC's problem is gonna be when people go see that Flash movie. And they and they and they see Michael Keaton and Ben Affleck. They're gonna be like, "Huh, two Batman?" And then they go see Robert Pattinson in a couple months. Like, "Huh, a third? How does all this work?" It's a multiverse. What the fuck is a multiverse? So like, that's DC's problem. Whereas Disney and Marvels is like, "Did you catch our? Ser- Did you catch the Hawkeye series with Kate Bishop, this girl who's now in Young Avengers movie?" It's two different like scenarios that they put themselves in. But I think both is very interesting for some of the content we're gonna get going forward. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm more excited to see like what comes out of this whole pandemic, you know, post-pandemic, because like it seems like we're going to be, you know, spitting out. It's, it almost seems like it's going to be like year-round Marvel content all the time. Like, it's it's you know, coming because a lot of stuff's going to be in the can eight by weeks the time of, next week. Eight weeks of TV series movie. Eight weeks yeah. of TV series movie. I could see you it know? being something like that, especially since like everything's going to be ready by next year. A lot of shit is at least. But next up, the final story we got today, the Borat sequel is apparently titled Borat, Gift of Pornography, Monkey to Vice Premier, Mikhail Pence to make benefit recently dismissed nation of Kazakhstan. Yeah, That's Borat, Gift of porn- Pornographic Monkey to Vice Premier, Mikhail Pence to make benefit recently diminished nation of Kazakhstan. What a title. So he's going to make a porno? A porno <laughs> to premiere to Mike Pence. Oh, I get Is that? Please, please, God, is, have Mike Pence be in this and him show him some kind of porno. I will, I will lose my shit. I think that'd be the most hilarious thing ever. <laughs> I didn't even think about it because I was like Pins, but then I saw Mikhail. I was like, oh, that's that's something different. But no, if that's it, no, that's I, it. That's that's exact, exactly who you think it is. Like, <laughs> Look, I'm gonna watch it. This this is this sounds hilarious. Go for yeah. it. I'm ready for it. And what if like you like you said when Sasha Baron Cohen was going around to all these different shits? That's exactly like, what that was. He, he got some footage of Pins. It's like leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> No, nope, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> so, so put this out. <laughs> Hell yeah, but that's all the new stories we got this week. Let's get into the movie on the rise. All right, so for my movie on the rise, I had two things. I mentioned it a little bit last week, but South Park's going to have that COVID special that comes out on Tuesday, I believe. Tuesday or Wednesday. And it's going to be a one-hour deal 
where they kind of like address what's been going on, which we all kind of need that at this point. We want to know what uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone have been putting together while they've been in quarantine. Cause I'm sure like, that's the one thing I've, I've thought about what, while COVID has been going on is like those guys pretty much do that in their home anyway. Yeah. So I'm sure that they've been able to like put some stuff together and they've had plenty of content. So it's going to um, be interesting. Know. I'm right. Like we need South Park more than ever right now. For sure. So I think that in an hour they could cover pretty much a lot. They'll probably cover a lot of the COVID stuff. And I think since we're what a month away from the election, they'll probably get into some election stuff. Probably too, some so. Black Lives Matter stuff too. Oh, no doubt. Like no doubt. We need all of that. So dope, dope. Spouse so that's this Tuesday or this Wednesday, or one of them? One of the two, yeah. All right, lit. And, I'm um, for that. The other thing I have on here is I mentioned it earlier on in the show that I had a a television show that was horror based that I was interested in and it's on Hulu. It's called Monsterland. And it's pretty much like an anthology season of TV where each episode is like its own story and they're based on different locations. Um, a couple of them are in Louisiana and they all have um, different actors that you you would recognize. Like, uh, let me pull that up real quick. Like Caitlin Devers in the first episode, the chick from, um, yeah, from uh, Booksmart. Okay. Uh, my bad. Oh, no, you good? You the good? wrong thing. Monsterland. Yeah, it's uh got. Uh, oh man, they're not even gonna give me the whole cast, are they? They're gonna keep that under wraps because you gotta watch like every episode because every episode is somebody different. Okay, Deaver, Taylor Schilling from Orange is the New Black. Uh, so they got a they got a good cast of people, is what you're telling me. They just got all sorts of people in it because each episode's different, you know. So okay. I think that's going to be like a good thing for people like me who may not be able to do the whole horror thing, but can take it in like short bites. Um, but that's going to premiere on Friday on Hulu. So if you're getting ready for your horror bag, this could be the time, and this could be one of the shows that you want to check out. Hell yeah. The show I have this week, we've talked about it before in this pod, Utopia, the new Amazon series. It is, Utopia is a conspiracy thriller that follows a group of young fans who come together when they discover that the conspiracy in a lucid comic, Utopia, is real. The comic foretells the demise of humanity in the world as we know it, thrusting this group of underdogs to embark on a high-scale, high-stakes twisted adventure to use what they uncover to save themselves, each other, and ultimately humanity. Some people in the cast include John Cusack, Rain Wilson, Ashley Lathorpe, Jessica Roth, and uh, Desmond Borge. But the main two people that you guys know is... <coughs> Excuse me, it's Rain Wilson from The Office and John Cusack, who we haven't seen from for a while. So interesting to see this. It's out now. All eight episodes are out. And by next anime, I mean, by next Bros Who Binge, I'll let you know what I think of it. But Utopia, I'm excited. Yeah, when I saw the little trailer they had for this episode of The Boys, I was like, damn, that's pretty interesting. And actually, in my boys' notes, that's the first thing I wrote. I was like, I was like, Utopia looks cool. Yeah, it does. I'm excited to check this out. All right, but that's all we got this week for Movie on the Rise. All right, where are we going first? Are we doing the draft or are we doing the draft last? Let's do the draft last. Let's do the draft last. So first we're going to talk about Avatar. All right, yeah, we could get we could knock Avatar and Lovecraft both out. Soup. I don't have a lot to say about Lovecraft, if I'm being honest. Like, that was pretty wild. I don't know what the fuck happened, but... Let's get Avatar right, first. So the, the, the episodes that we're addressing in Avatar are Nightmares and Daydreams, 
The Day of Black Sun Part One, The Day of Black Sun Part Two, and Western Air Temple. Okay, so, so we didn't we didn't go to okay, cool. I'm glad because when I when I when I saw two episodes happen in uh The yeah. Day of Black Sun, I was like, that means we're not going to the Firebender Masters. So no fire. But if you're on Netflix, we're reviewing episodes nine, ten, and eleven. So right. nine's just a nine's just a freaking filler, even though it's, it's like filler, it's some BS. It's just Aang realizing like I can't sleep and I can't attack to the Avatar state, just nervous. So that's he's all we nervous. And, he, and he's you know he's coming to a realization that like maybe he's not necessarily ready to fight the Fire Lord. I mean, like if you think oh, yeah, about that's it, that's the thing. If, I mean, if you think about it, like the plan you know, was for him to learn he everything. Know much, yeah, he doesn't know fire. He didn't learn. He doesn't know firebending. You know, he doesn't know much about who the Fire Lord is or anything about him, um, except some of the things that he learned from Roku, which isn't much in comparison, to like what who this Fire Lord is. So he 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 needs a little bit more time, but he doesn't have it. The yeah. best part of this episode is when Momo and Aqua are having a samurai battle. Yeah, and they start talking to his ass. All right, episode 10, The Day of Black Sun. With the day of the eclipse upon them, the kids, along with their ragtag force of old friends, enact their plan of the invasion of the Fire Nation. But when they get there, no one is there. Also, side story, Zuko confronts his dad because he now realizes that his path is not with the Fire Nation. One, The first thing I noticed... Young Haru! Haru was back, baby! He's got a little goatee action! I didn't notice that when I was young watching this. I was like, yo, look at Tar's man glowed up on him a little bit. No, they even say it uh, <laughs> when Sokka's trying to like give the speech to um, talk about the battle plans. He's like, oh, well, let me start from the beginning. And then he's like, blah, blah, blah. And like, Haru's got a mustache now. Or Har- Haru's got a beard now. And, and what's up with that? <laughs> and, yeah, was, but it just it shows how much they've like, progressed. That's what this episode was. This episode to me was like, how far we've gone. We look back at through all these people. We see how far we've come. But then we still realize how far we still must go. Yeah, I feel that. I'm bringing back a lot of the old people, you know, at least when we were watching this live, you know, it was like, man, like we haven't seen, you know, the guys from the Eastern or the West, uh, what the Eastern air or the Northern air, the Northern air in, so, yeah. in so long. And, you know, that's, we get a, a little insight on like the stuff that Sokka had the inventor work on the submarines that they end up using. And, and then, you know, then his plans for the blimps and all that, they jacked that too. Yeah. We find that on in the second part of after they, you know, do the counterattack, but the it all doesn't end up as planned in the se- in the second part. Aang, Toph, and Sokka go into like the tunnels to go search for the Fire Lord. Don't find Zuko. Him. Find Azula. Yeah, find Azula. Battle Azula. Azula gets the best of them because she's just pretty much just taunting them. She got her Dai Li agents there waiting for him. She was ready for the ass. She knew this was coming. Azula yeah. just being a bad bitch that she is. She already knew it was like, up. And then Zuko, Sokka being like, oh, yeah, your girl gave up on you. She's yep. like, oh, she, he was going to save me, and then he never came. Yep, and then Zuko, doesn't he deflect lightning in this one? He deflects his dad's lightning. He's like, wow, got you, pops. Learn that from uncle. I'm out of here. Well, and, he's, and it's finally a fruition, because if you go back to like what he learned in that episode when he was learning about the lightning is that he had to become like balanced within himself to be able to yep. do that. And, that, and, and by, by him, him telling his dad what he felt, he became balanced with himself. Exactly. So, like, that's a big crucial moment for Zuko. But then they and, leave uh, at all the old people. 
Yeah, all the old people leave and all the young people go. All the old people stay behind to be captured. I was like, my big are we sure moment is like, oh, so they're just going to all take you prisoner after you just like attack them? Like, in real yeah, life, they would have died. Like, yeah, in real life, they would have died. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, you think they're just going to burn you? They're, you're like, that, that's, a, that's a big master plan. It's like, oh, all the kids go. Like, we'll just turn ourselves in. Like, they're not going to do anything to us. Like, it's okay. That's, that's where we find out there's certain moments where we're like oh this is a nickelodeon show this right, is, that's right. one of those for sure but yeah right. so then they leave and then they and then it's like back to plan one Sokka and then we're like we're gonna just try to figure to teach you firebending before the comet that's the that's the plan again it's back to square that's the one plan but they have to figure out who's gonna be that teacher and, and then we find out in the next episode well we we, we we got we got they, glimpsed they go to the Western Area Temple, which is always I always thought was kind of cool because it's like that upside down yeah. temple on a cliff. Um, and Zuko with his dumbass speech. Hey, Zuko here. <laughs> I'm sorry that I like attacked I tried you. To, I tried to kill y'all, but Zuko you know, joined send- the gang. And also, they fight Sparky Sparky Boom Man and beat his ass. Well, that's kind of how Zuko ends up gaining their trust, is because he ends up slipping to them that he sent him, and then you know he burns Toph's feet and stuff like that. But after he like helps him fight Combustion Combustion Man or whatever. He becomes part of the team, but uh, what we'll learn soon, sooner or later, is that he has his own little issues with, with his firebending. Fire yes, yeah, not he can't do it anymore because it's about anger. But we'll see more of that next week when we get to one of my favorite episodes, the firebending masters. So you know, overall from these four episodes, you know, the first invasion was didn't go as planned, and that was Big the one failure. that's pretty much been planned for a long time. I remember thinking when this is coming through, I was like, man, we're already at the end of the show. Like this is it? No, nope, because but like this it, it was the big show. battle. It's still they. This was this was the second plan. If we want to be honest, the first plan was originally Ang learn all the four elements, go beat the Fire Lord. This was like, and it just shows that Sokka shouldn't have went to attain the knowledge of the library, and it didn't end up working out for him. Like the like the fucking God said, the God was like, this won't work out for you in the end, and he was like, nah, nah, you don't know what you're talking about, and it ended and plus, up like, did not working for him. And plus, like, you have to suspect that if they know, if, if the Fire Nation knows that they're going to lose their powers during an eclipse, then, like, why? Why would they just chill? Why would they just chill and wait on that? Like, it's yeah. so stupid. Yep. But, yep. Yep. So, anyway, that's all we got for Avatar. Let's get to Lovecraft. This is Hippolyta's episode. Again, like I said, I don't know what the hell was going on. All I know is Tick and Letty might have a baby coming. She's <laughs> and, pregnant. Yeah, she's definitely preggers. And uh, Tick Tick called his dad a bad word. His dad got really mad at him. <laughs> that was a really powerful scene. I was like, whoa. And then uh, he finds out about his family, and he goes get. To, he finds out that about his cousin that was alive, but she's not anymore. And they're looking for this book of names that they feel that his relative took. And then Hippolyta opens the um the little. I forget what that thing's what, called. I, I don't remember what it's called the either. But thing. like. Yeah, the gold thing key. with all the planets, yeah. Yeah, she gets a key, and then she goes to this place in Kansas. Tick ends up meeting her there. She opens this portal way. Well, she... like Tick found, figures out, it's like, oh shit, that that lady went to go. Yeah, to, she's to the coordinates, and then so they go to the coordinates. They open this like portal thing. They throw a cop in the portal who's dead now, and then they shoot another cop. And then Hippolyta and Tick both get absorbed in the portal. We don't know what happens to Tick, but he comes back and he has the Lovecraft actual book in real life. And that's pretty much Tick's storyline for the episode. But Hippolyta... It said George like Freeman on it. 
Ah, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know if that's the real writer. In, I don't think that's the real writer in real life. I think mm-hmm. that was just just like another timeline where Uncle George wrote these stories. But uh, and then Hippolyta goes through like this weird adventure of learning about how she needs to be free. It's like this conversation for black women about how they need to how they need to uh, liberate and like. Uh, take on who they truly are and not be subservient to society, to the men that they love or whatever it is. And it was just a big journey of that. But we see like the Amazons of real life or like one of the, one of the people who uh, like the group of people that could have been considered the Amazons, one of the groups. And then we see uh, some uh, her in France with like the dancers. Yeah. With uh, Josephine Barker. I think that's her name. And then we see her as the comic that her daughter created. Ah, that's what I didn't catch that. That's the only thing I knew was going on. That's the only thing. Because other than that, I don't know what the fuck, who those, who those Steven Universe ladies were. I don't know who those Steven Universe alien were. That was Garnet, bro. <laughs> with, with the big hair. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it seems like to me that when she gets put, sucked in that portal or whatever and goes to that, to that you know, dimension, space, dimension, wherever she was is, at. That is kind of like them latching on to her as the person who pretty much, she opened the portal. So she's yeah. the one that they probably have like a lot of like they revere and respect, and they're like, well, we're gonna give her an opportunity to figure herself out. And so like she kind of figures out the whole deal and ends up like going on her own sort of journey. And and I feel like you know the social the social commentary in that is something that can speak to you know lots of people. And like I've you know it's just that's just a lot to go through in its in itself with uh, with each little element of the space the of um the journey that she takes along this and way neither but... us are black women so like <laughs> yeah but, i mean i you know i even think it you know could go for women in general yeah. and you know and just the idea of of you know figuring out who you are and yourself and like stepping out and doing that for your for, for yourself you. and not for anybody else your kids and not for anybody else your, man, your kids your the world your man whoever. yeah yeah. So I'm, you know, I, you know, I thought that it was episode. a pretty interesting episode. Interesting episode, episode to come. Like, okay, I feel like. Well, you know, my my big thing where I'm trying to get to is like at the very end where she's kind of like, oh, well, I need to go back to Earth for my daughter, or I could stay here and become like one of the beings. Like, I'm just wondering like what's happening with that. Like, is she ending up staying and being one of the beings, or well, is she, she going to go going back? back? Well, she said she was going back, but the only person who came out of the portal was Tick. Yeah, but they might. But see, I think I think it's different. I think they're gonna send her her own way. Maybe so. And like my whole thing with that too is like, where the hell did Tick go? We'll probably find that out soon enough. Like that's got to be like something that happens in the next episode or something. But I mean, we're running low on episodes, right? We got three left. So like, you know, you can't have a whole other episode talking about what Tick did. I think Tick's episode is gonna be the penultimate. I think Tick's gonna get his own episode by himself, the second to last episode. He's damn near had his own episode last last week. Last week was not his episode. Last week was the uh, Korean ladies episode. For sure, but I mean, like that was you know, it was that him was about Tick. But, but I'm saying like he's gonna get like a Tick centric episode. I feel like that's coming penultimate episode. Like maybe no side character, just Tick. At least I want it. But like you know, so- solid week in Lovecraft. Like I said, I wish we could give y'all more commentary. I just don't know what the fuck was going on. And I don't know where the was fuck wild. we go here from here. Like, geez. But all right, let's get to the boys. Lamplighter. Who do you think Lamplighter is? Because I've seen people say he's like the mouth. I, I feel, I, and this is what I, I, I think. 
Some people said he was Green Lantern. Some people said he's Firestorm. I think he's a mixture of Green Lantern and Firestorm because I feel like the fact he had a lamp. Like Green Lanterns have lamps. He's pretty I, much he's pretty much fire version of Iceman. He's he's Firestorm. Here. He's he's Firestorm and, and Green Lantern. That's what I feel, you know. But he can't fly. But it was cool seeing. Yeah, that's what him. I'm saying. Like he, he's got he's got nothing, dude. All he's got is like, oh, give me a little lighter. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's all he's got, dude. He's just got. He ain't got nothing. Fire I ain't part, worried about that guy. Fire part of the episode, but I think there's multiple parts we gotta talk about. Let's talk about. All right. Well, let's, let's kind of go from let's kind of go from the beginning here because I took notes during this because okay, I watched on ahead. Friday. Uh, you know, uh, you know, eight years ago, Frenchie is Betty White. That's why my first note I was laughing at that with this whole Golden Girls thing. But I, you know, I love the whole Frenchie backstory I loved it. in this in this episode because we really got to know a lot about the team. See, and this show shows this this episode cemented for me. I love Kimiko. I love Frenchie. I love Mother's Milk, and I love Huey, and I love yeah. Butcher. But you see, coming out of season one, we don't know really Frenchie, Mother's Milk, or or Kimiko, really. And Mother's Milk, we got some stuff from him, exposition, but we don't really know his true backstory, but I think it's enough. But I think this season made us fall in love with the whole team, where season one, you, you might have loved those dudes, but you don't really know them, but you really love Butcher and Huey. This just made me love Frenchie, man, like, Everything. The reason why he's he's trying to save Kimiko because he he's trying to uh, repent for his sins because he didn't save Mallory's children, who the CIA officer that was a part of their team because Lamplighter killed him because Frenchie went to go save his friend who ended up ODing. But lo and behold, no, but, he, his, but his friend yeah, died his friend in lived. two months. His friend yeah. lived and then just died three months later. And that I feel like that's a commentary on just drugs and addiction. As much as you want to save him. It's up to them to save themselves, which, exactly. I thought, which I thought was very, very well played out. They didn't even have to say it, but it just worked. And I think we see, I think Starlight questioning Butcher, calling him a racist. That was big. That was big points, too, because why do you hate her? Well, racist against soups, I guess. Yeah, but he's a bigot. He still is. It doesn't matter if he, if it's anything. Like, why do you hate her? You hate her because it's something she can't control because of the blood in her. And I think we see a big cha- changing moment for Butcher because... Yeah, people may say he didn't do it because of Huey. I don't think he did that. I think he did it because of changing him where he was going to shoot Starlight, but he doesn't. And he clicks the yeah. safety back on. I thought I thought the Frenchie part and that part were two huge parts of this episode. For sure. For uh, characterization the, of the boys, at least. Uh, going through some of the more notes I have here, I was like, removing that chip was gross in the beginning. Yeah. Um, why would you do petty crimes in this world? Homelander and Stormfront, fuck up that dude in the alley. <laughs> and then, and then and they have sex, yeah, with his blood on their face. They're, they're fucking gross. <laughs> they are nasty. <laughs> but seriously, though, why would you do petty crimes in this world? I would never. Like, there's I would, so many superheroes. It's not like DC where they beat your ass and then take you to jail. No, these people kill you. <laughs> yeah. like, I would not be a criminal. Unless exactly. you're like Frenchie, where you can make like a Xanax bomb that stops the Hulk from hulking. That's essentially exactly. what Frenchie did. That's why Frenchie's a badass, dude. Like, Frenchie made a fucking Xanax well, bomb. I love that scene where he gets recruited and she's like, yeah, so like you did this, this, this. And like, I'm like, damn, she's a badass. Yeah, it's just like, yeah. dude, Frenchie's on the squad for a reason. The only person who's on the squad that shouldn't be is Huey. <laughs> really? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, Huey's only there to contain Butcher's anger. That's the only the only fucking reason why but did, did we ever fully discover like what sketchy shit the deep is up to or i guess no, no the deep no, no we did, 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 did the deep went to get the the camera of, oh i thought you're talking about the church yeah the, of the incident of, with maven season one 
from yeah from but Incident it, Maven season one and then you know I, that's a short thing we could wrap up like you know it, her girl ends up seeing it and she's like oh I want to take it to the CIA my girlfriend had walked in two scenes before and she's watching this and I'm, and I'm just sitting there I'm like yo this bitch better not say anything and she's like why I was like yo if this bitch says something she's going to die in two episodes like she better not say a word about anything to Maeve or about Homeland like if she would have left Maeve in that instance she was dead she did the right thing by just shutting up and just looking sad. <laughs> like, for sure. Because I was like, oh, this bitch is done for. She's toast. Let her walk out this room. Homeland is going to zap her ass out of existence. <laughs> for sure. But I mean, like, I just don't, I think that's so dumb of me. Like, what do you think? That he, he really going to give a shit? Like, I don't like, okay, let me be it honest. It makes you look bad. Maeve has the worst storyline of the heroes. She has yeah. to. Like, even Black Noir. <laughs> like I'm more interested in knowing about a man who doesn't talk and like figuring out why he doesn't talk because I think he's a zombie, but I digress <laughs> or something. He's something. We got to figure that shit out. That, that's a, probably a season three question, but I, I just don't like this Maeve storyline. Like I, I just don't like, I don't know. She, they need to give her something more to do. I don't know. We're going to have whatever, but yeah. I, I, mean, yeah. Like, I just feel like she's just very unlikable. Like there's nothing I really am rooting for her. Like I'm more so I'm rooting for like her girlfriend. Just like get the fuck out. Yeah. But like she can't leave or she'll die. Pretty much. I was just like, just be quiet lady. Just, just sit. If I was her, I would just look at Maeve and discuss all day long. <laughs> like, but and, then, not, and not give her, not give her the coochie. <laughs> like Maeve, you want this? No. <laughs> so, so like the deep goes and, get, and gets this ca- camera for her. And then the deep runs into a train. And no, it's like, yo, A Train. They're gonna be into some shit. Like, A Train, I, I I know how you feel, bro. I was out of the six, the seven too. Come come uh, come have lunch come to my with church. me, bro. Come to my church. <laughs> yeah, go, have a fresca. And they go to the church. Yeah, what's up with the frescas, bro? Like that shit's weird. There's something in the frescas. <laughs> They go to the church and they're talking and then we're about to have like H uh, Deep tells him like, yo, I fucking hate you. I wanted to drown, but it's okay. I'm getting this truth out of now. And H-Man's like, what the fuck are y'all doing? I watched the documentary on you people. And then the, the man's like, oh, but you're seven figures in debt. You are, you are addicted and you have heart problems. And Adrian's like, whoa, how you know all this? And I'm like, damn, how did church know all this? Like, church's like, we got our connections. It's going to be interesting, man. This church storyline is crazy. Like, I, I, I got to know what happens with this church. I thought that shit was hilarious too with the deep where he's like, oh, yeah, I feel like you just hate me or whatever. Or, I, or like, I hate you or something like that. I don't remember what it was all about. Um, but, so, the, yeah, A-Train did not like his uh, his A-Train anthem. No, I didn't like it. was like not feeling it. that white boy's rap. I wasn't feeling it either. And then they were like, no, this is just the ghost-written version for Lil Nas X. And I was like... <laughs> I didn't catch that the first time. I was, la- I was laughing my ass off at that. I was like, <laughs> if I was a little Nas X, I'd be pissed that they said my name in this shit. It's like, I get ghostwritten for Side note, though, you know, there was something that little Nas X, like, retweeted or whatever with the Shia LaBeouf thing that was, like, not his song or whatever. And, like, I was glad that people were, like, tweeting and be like, all right, you know. Just so you know, like this is this the guy's song. Like, don't let little Nas X fool you with his bullshit. <laughs> that, oh yeah, he was doing the. Uh, he retweeted Chrisa. Was it Chrisa? It, it was Chrisa. Yeah, it was. Yeah, so like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it was. Uh, yeah, that was that was where I saw it because I was like, and I don't know if it was Chrisa's song, but it was like something nah, like Chrisa had retweeted. It, it was a Louis. No, okay, so Chrisa made a video of Shia LaBeouf dancing and smoking to, yeah, yeah, yeah. to, to Fox, a Louisiana rapper mm-hmm. song. And then Shia La, and then Lil Nas X like took the video and retweeted and was like trying to make it like his song. But yeah. Exactly. And that was some BS. So, you know, can't 
cancel Lil Nas X. But uh, <laughs> no, nah, we're not canceling Lil Nas X. <laughs> oh shit. Uh, but yeah, so I said the group, the crew is back in on a mission. So we got this mission where they're going into the, what this like mental hospital that they think, and we find all of these superheroes that are no, we find know, all these test subjects. Test subjects, pretty much, yeah. So these people who have been given Compound B as adults that we come to find. Some people eventually. it worked. Some people it didn't. Some people they died. They turned crazy. And we find out from Lamplighter that this is for them to stabilize Compound V. And we're like, why does Vault want to stabilize Compound V? But we find out why later in the episode from Storm. So, you know, while our our crew is going to that um, mental hospital, Homelander is trying to impress his new girl. Um, Stormfront, and he's like, I got a surprise for you, baby. Come to my trailer. She's like, Nah, I gotta go get you know, talk gotta to meet my with like, yeah, I gotta go gotta talk to Mr. Agar. I gotta go. And yeah. then, so this dude goes back into his trailer and he got her flowers. What a loser! I was <laughs> yeah. like, this, What a loser surprise! And like, I thought, I, and I thought in my head, I was like, Even if Stormfront went in there and saw them flowers, she'd have been like, <laughs> You bought that for me? <laughs> she'd have laughed. <laughs> like, I don't think she'd have liked him. That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, what a loser. And then, you know, that whole thing where he, like, burns down the trailer or whatever because he's so upset. I was like, this dude's so moody. Because he went to Vault and found her ass not there. He was like, "What? why are you lying to me, girl? Where you been at? Which is important, and we'll talk but about I, that. See, I think that still matters. I think, no ma- I don't, I think no matter what we talk about at the end, I think Homelander's going to turn on her. I feel it coming. Like, it's, they're building it up. Like For he sure. does, he doesn't take well to breakups. Like he does not. <laughs> he killed that lady last season. He gonna kill this bitch this season. And he was in, even later in the episode. He talks about I've been thinking how to break your ass, <laughs> and I feel like when she was about to, if she didn't interrupt him, I feel like he was gonna say, "Oh, and I figured it out too, bitch." <laughs> Yeah, I felt like that shit was coming like in this episode. If it wasn't for like the the bomb that she drops on, yeah, him. she saved her. But, she saved herself. But so she goes to the mental hospital or whatever, and she's been behind this whole thing the whole time. She ends up, like, having an encounter with one of the, the people. And, and Lamplighter. Like, Lamplighter smokes him. Yeah, burns and, him because they got to destroy all evidence. Yeah, and so... She, she dips out. So before we find out all of the history between Lamplighter and the boys, which, you know, he was, what, a part of their... Wasn't a part of their crew, but he was pretty he was, much, like... He was part of the Seven. Yeah, he was a part of Seven, but like they had, they like, they had recruited him to do stuff for him because they like, had blackmailed, blackmailed him. him. It was pretty much what happened in last season, how they were digging up dirt on the soups. Yeah, and, and so like they got him to like do some stuff for him, but he was like, oh, "I'm gonna like smoke this lady and her kids anyway." Well, she he was trying a, to smoke her, not the kids. Yeah, yeah. So, but but he smoked the kids, and Frenchie couldn't save save the kids because of what he was doing saving his friend saving his friend the boys had always mallory hadn't spoken to him since and the boys had always gave him shit because of that and then when mm found out he was like why didn't you tell us and he was like i didn't want to know i didn't want you to know and i thought that was a very powerful scene and we see kimiko looking at him like damn maybe i should start talking to you again Frenchie. yeah and i loved it i was like yes y'all need to be friends again like i hate that y'all aren't talking but i like that kimiko had that 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 she bought herself a, a diamond-studded brass knuckle. <laughs> I thought that was badass. And she does, and she just wipes it off. And she's like fuck you, Fringy. And I just thought that was fucking hilarious. But yeah, so all yeah. these all these test subjects break out, 
And the girl who just does her hand like this and that dude's head exploded, literally right when that happened, I said, oh, shit. And then two seconds later, Mother's Milk was like, oh, shit. I was like, yes, thank you. That's a, that is a proper reaction. <laughs> oh, man. And so, like, and we had a lot. Dick guy, yo! My girlfriend yeah. walked in the house when Dick guy had his dick around that around Mother's Milk neck. And she was like, what is that? Is that his arm? I was like, no, that's his fucking dick. And she was At first like, I thought what? it was a tongue. And then I was like. <laughs> And then it was the dick guy. I was like, damn. <laughs> My girl was like, he has a super dick. I was like, yeah. <laughs> and then there was the guy who burped up the bile or whatever, and then burped it in his face, and his face just like acid. He seemed it like off. one of like, he seemed like one of the failed test subjects. Yeah, for sure. But but so, dick guy, dick guy could have been a hero. <laughs> uh, dick guy. Oh shit. So then they have an encounter with uh the Frenchie and uh Lamplighter go back and forth about like what happened between them. And then Stormfront goes into the building as they're trying to escape. Lamplighter covers for them and then helps the boys get out. And then that's the end of really Frenchie and them inside the thing. But one of the prisoners that- escaped and did a sound wave clash that made the van flip over and Huey got like a bone stuck. Was that one of his bones protruding out or was that something that pierced his ass? I think it was something that pierced him. Okay. I was confused the whole time with that. I was like, is that Huey's bone? So then uh, Starlight and Butcher have to put, put aside their problems and then they find out over the car ride that they're more alike than they seem. And the fact, the reason that they're so alike, they realize that, man, Huey loves both of us, but we don't deserve Huey because we're both shitty people. I thought that Facts. was interesting that Huey lo- Huey's girlfriend is just like Huey's mentor. They're very similar. Yeah, and she ends up killing a guy. And so yeah. I put in my notes, Starlight is hardened. Yeah. <laughs> Starlight been hard. <laughs> um, the one thing, like, remember we were talking about Elena and Maeve? Yeah. Like, she kept asking her if she wanted sugarfish or whatever. They kept talking about sugarfish, and I was like, I don't think Elena wants sugarfish anymore. <laughs> Elena don't want shit to do with your ass. <laughs> um, and uh, my, are we sure that I had was, are we sure that the crew got out of the hospital without Stormfront noticing and Lamplighter? Okay, well, you got to think that she said she was going check the grounds. And then I'm sure that they wouldn't have left until they saw her leave. That's how I looked at it, but that's just like TV show shenanigans. But yeah, so they escape. Lamplighter and while Huey and them are in the hospital, Lamplighter and the and Kimiko, Mother's Milk, and and Frenchie call up Mallory. Mallory then goes to confront him, trying to kill him. Frenchie tells him that it would be bad for him. We should that would be bad for her. It wouldn't help her feel better. It wouldn't bring her kids back. And we should use what he knows to our advantage. And Mallory's like, I bet. We're going to do that. So now they have Lamplighter working for them again. And then the episode ends with the bombshell of we found out that Stormfront is, she might not be the first person to get Compound V, even though she says it, because I feel like Soldier Boy also is one of the first people. She's one of the first test subjects that Vaught did. She was really Vaught's hus- uh, do- uh, wife. She's been alive since 1919. She was the hero Liberty, and she's trying to create a master race of superhumans to destroy all the other races because Stormfront is a Nazi. She <laughs> and, was a Nazi. And she's racist, and we've been saying it. All, all boy from Vod is a Nazi. All Nazis, baby. Stormfront is super racist and home, and she's like, but we want you to be our leader, Homelander. And me and you were talking about this off air. I don't think Homelander is racist. I think Homelander, I think she's using the fact that Homelander thinks he's better than everybody to take over this cause. Because, like, I feel like Homelander hates everybody. He just hates well, humans. You know, where, where, where I was thinking about Whereas this is Stormfront's like, 1,000% racist, like, for sure. Well, 
Well, what I also feel like is like it, it goes into like a commentary of like, you know, what is the true American? And so yeah. Homelander is supposed to be like this true American. And like, you know, I feel like Homelander is like, oh, so you want to just kill like, you know, people that like America already doesn't like really, really like get on with. So like, oh, because I'm already out here killing all the terrorists in the Middle East or whatever, like yeah. he's, he's trying to portray. So he's like, oh, well, you know, I'll just go ahead and kill for, for y'all because like whatever. And she she's like, yeah, so I told you the truth. And then, like, they fuck again. And then the episode ends. So, yeah, man, yeah. we find out Stormfront's a Nazi. Big shit. And then I still think I'm 100% sure Homelander's going to kill her. Because I don't think you dropped that bomb of him saying, oh, I've, I've been thinking how to penetrate your skin all day long. Like, I don't think you dropped that in there without him killing her. And I think that happens at the end of the season. But... You know, solid episode from the boys. I can't yeah. wait for next week. Next week, Definitely. next week they find out they they capture Starlight because Starlight and they said it the whole episode. Ashley was like, "Where the fuck Where's is Starlight? Starlight?" And they couldn't find her, and she took that chip out. So they go, they know her ass a mole, and Stormfront go snitch on her ass to Homelander because they're love you, they're lovebirds. Surprised she hasn't already. And oh, Butcher even fu- realized that he was fucking her. Butcher was like, "They're fucking." Oh yeah. When they were watching TV, they're like, "Oh yeah, they're fucking." Yeah, I thought that was I thought that was a very interesting scene, but solid week from the boys this week, man. Solid, solid yeah. week. All right, let's yeah, get we can definitely our... see the writing on the walls for this season moving forward with our last few episodes. Yep. So, and I and ready I think for the battle. I, I like your prediction of uh, Homelander becomes disgraced and Vaughn has to get a new poster boy, so they bring in their classic hero, Soldier Boy. That's yeah, because this dude's out here, this dude out here trying to be a Nazi, and they're <laughs> yeah. like, "We can't be associated with you. You're a fucking Nazi now." <laughs> so it's gonna be interesting to see how they how they move forward. But let's get to our draft. All right, we're drafting right, our justice. Flip a coin. Yeah, flip a coin. See who gets picked first. All right, I'll go with tails. Oop, hold on, I gotta reflip that. Yeah, bad flip, brother. Bad. That was some. Flip. That was some bad flip. Oh, let me get a new coin. Oh, look at you. Look at you. Bad right. flipping. All right, it's head, so you can Ooh, pick first. I get, are, are we do, okay, so I was thinking about this. Are we doing I pick first, and since you pick second, do you pick first in the next round? And then we do the yeah, back, we do that. thing? All right, cool. All right. Fuck, I didn't want to pick first because I wanted you to have the, the conundrum of if you're going to take Batman. Oh, fuck. All right. Hmm. All right, so I'm drafting a Justice League. A Justice League has to be able to defend aliens. It needs a leader. And to me, even though Batman's my favorite hero, I think a Justice League needs... Oh, fuck me, bro. Am I taking Batman? Gosh, am I taking fucking Batman first? I'm taking Superman first, man. I'm taking Superman and nixing my opportunity to take Batman. I will not have Batman on my Justice League, but that is okay because I will have a leader of this team. And yes, Superman is not my leader. Superman's just my my big gun. So I'm taking Superman first. Okay, well I'm taking Batman. All right, lid. Because you. like you know, I feel like you need a leader. No, I feel like when it comes to the uh, to the Justice League, and we'll get through this when we're doing it, is you know you need to have. A leader that's kind of like the you know, you know the guy who kind of put, brings it brings everything gets everything going. I feel like you definitely need a space entity. So like that's why with my second pick, I'm gonna go with Green Lantern. Which one? 
because I know we have a rule that once you take one, but I'm gonna say that that's a that's a caveat because there's multiple. So which one? I need a which one because I might take a Green Lantern as well. I haven't decided yet. Well, I'll take uh, I'll take Hal. All right, you're taking Hal. Okay, cool. So that means I'm about to pick back to back, which is lit. So your team right now is Hal and Batman. My team is Superman and my real leader. And I know Batman fans don't take my Batman card because I, I just couldn't take back because Batman's my favorite character. But if you're making a Justice League, you have to have someone that can fight Darkseid, and that is Superman. So the leader of my team is someone who has been Batman, someone who is Bruce has said he's the better man of him, and Bruce has been training him to lead the Justice League since he was nine years old. I am taking Dick Grayson Nightwing to be my leader of the Justice League. I don't get Batman. I get someone that is a little more less about vigilance and less well, less aggressive and someone that can be more of a team player. We've seen him lead a team, and Batman has even said multiple times that you are the future. You're the person that's going to lead this team. And he has trained Dick for this moment. And it's Dick's time. Dick is my leader. And the next person I'm taking on my team is my second in command. Because Superman is not. Superman is my is my tank. My, but my next person is someone who they've just said in the comics should be standing in Brian Edwards Hill's run of Batman and the Outsiders. He said that this character should be standing next to Superman and Wonder Woman in terms of strength. I'm taking. Jefferson Pierce, Black Lightning. That's a good one. Yep, that's my second in command. Him and Dick get along really well. They can lead strategies together. And when Dick gets too Batman-ish, Jefferson can pull him back to the light. So you, you should have three right now, huh? I have three. I have Superman, Nightwing, and, and Black Lightning. All right, for, for me, I feel like, you know, you, have, you need to have a leader, you need to have a space entity, and you need to have someone who can face magic. And so for me, I'm taking Zatanna. Nice, nice. I like that. I like that. Yeah. So I'm, and since I'm taking back to back here, the next one I'm going to go is you need a tank, like you said, and with a the team that doesn't have Superman, you need someone who is Superman esque. Mm-hmm. So I'm taking Billy Batson, Shazam. Ooh, I didn't know if you're going to go with Supergirl. Okay. All right. My back to back pick is lit because you didn't take who I wanted you to. All right. So I got my tank, Superman. I got my leader, Nightwing. I got my backup leader, my vice captain, Black Black Lightning, who also is very tankish, who, who can be super strong. The next one I need, I feel every Justice League needs a speedster. And since Schubert didn't take a speedster, I'm going for the strongest one, baby. I want Wally West Flash. It works so because Wally and Dick are friends. Wally is the strongest Flash. I'm going with Wally West Flash as my fourth. And then I need some ladies up on this team. So Schubert took Zatanna, which is, which is shitty. Damn, let me look at my poster. Fuck, and I can't take Wonder Woman. Gosh, damn, where I, I'm kind of I'm kind of at, at a loss right here. So I got Superman, Nightwing, Black Lightning, Wally West, Flash. I'm gonna go with. Well, I'm gonna say my young boy now. My young boy is actually a young girl, and my team. I'm adding another super strong person, a space entity. I'm taking Starfire. Okay. So Starfire, and she and she listens to the leader. Like they have, she has a connection with my leader. If you notice, my team all have connections with the leader. Nightwing respects Superman. They have a relationship. Nightwing has a relationship with Black Lightning. Nightwing has a relationship with Wally West Flash, and Nightwing has a relationship with my young boy or young girl Starfire. So I have five. 
Three left. Uh, two left. Damn. I need. I got. I got to think. Careful. Two left. I got three left. Yeah. Uh, it's hard because, like, you know, you you want you want to kind of take in like to account like the people you already have and their associations because, like, I don't you don't want to put in someone from a you know a JLA perspective who like you know hasn't worked with any of these people or like is you know out of timeline a little bit. Um, so I guess I, I agree with you that you do need to have a speedster. So since you took Wally, I'm going to go ahead and take uh, Barry. All right. All right. Um, and, uh, with my sixth one, I'm going to save. Yeah. So who'd you just get? You just I got Starfire. Huh? I think Starfire is my rookie. Starfire is your rookie. Hmm. So for me, I think. See, like, I already have Bruce Wayne, so I don't feel like I need to get, like, a Ray Palmer or anything like that. Um, Where you going, brother? Where you going? (laughs) It's hard, man. It's real hard when it comes down to it. Um, You already took Black Lightning, which would have been solid. I did. Black Lightning was my... Black Lightning was always going to be a top draft pick for me. Hmm. I guess uh, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna take a young boy, a young boy ish, and I'm gonna go with Victor Stone, nice. Cyborg. Nice. That your that pick determined where I was gonna go next. Okay, lit. So that that's your two picks. You got one left. Yeah. All right, so these are my final two. Since Schubert took Victor Stone, I feel that the the Justice League needs a, a command center person. Someone that can fix tech, someone that can be up in the watchtower, someone that can be the eyes behind the board. And because he took Victor Stone, one could say I should take Oracle, but I'm not. I'm going to take someone that I can have out in combat. I'm taking Mr. Terrific. Okay. That's, yeah, okay. I didn't even think about Mr. Terrific. He's super strong, and he's top five smartest people in the DC universe. Um, and I guess. Oh, well, I gotta do my last pick. Yeah. All right, my last pick is so we're strong because we got Mr. Terrific, Black Lightning, Starfire, and Superman. Super, super strong. And my question is, Schubert did bring up a good point. Should I have a magic character, or should I go with? some a uh, 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 a green lantern but i feel like i have my space taken care of so i'm going to go with a magic character but he's only a consultant on my team he is the seventh member but he does not come he's not at every jl meeting dick's just like look bro if i can get you here when i can get you here you're a consultant so damn I, that, that, but i want to add another person but my consultant seventh member the, the the person who has a chair is John Constantine. That's he, solid. He's a consultant. He he's not like he's not there at every meeting. He's only there when magic shit goes down. And Dick's like, bro, your ass better be here. Yeah. So like when it comes to filling the last seat, it's pretty hard because like I'm thinking, you know, I'm wanting like, do you want to get a, a a Green Arrow, you know, a Black Canary kind of person in there? Do you want one of the Hawk people? Um. But you know me, I love time travel. So I'm going to put in Booster Gold. Oh, my God. 
just just because we all need a little comic relief once in a while <laughs> nice and we need we need some time traveling elements i like it i dig it i dig it so say your team again from the top um batman green lantern zatanna shazam flash cyborg and batman's number one fan booster gold i feel like your team's like batman and his gang <laughs> pretty much because <laughs> like my you know I, I had to get the flash and the green lantern that fit you know, Zatanna's like his boo thing. You know, Shazam is, you know, he looks up to him. Yeah. Cyborg looks up to him. Yeah. And Booster Gold is a fanboy. My team is like if the OG squad had retired. <laughs> That's what my team is. My team, my team is Teen Titans have grown up. Superman, Superman, Nightwing, Black Lightning, Wally West, The Flash, Starfire, Mr. Terrific, and the seventh member who's just a consultant and only comes if magic shit is necessary, John Constantine. Pretty much. Yeah, I can see Superman being like, yeah, bro, like, Constantine, like, <laughs> I need your help, bro, because, like, magic shit. Yeah, you gotta come, you gotta come for this. But I think my team works that way because we don't need to have all seven members there present because I think my team's powerful enough with Superman, Starfire, Black Lightning, Wally West Flash and Mr. Terrific. Like Nightwing is the only normal human on my team. Yeah. You know, it comes it comes difficult when you're picking these because you kind of want to pick someone who has different elements for stuff. Cause you know, I definitely wanted to put Blue Beetle in there, but like I just didn't seem like I, I felt that it was he necessary did. when you got he could have been your cyborg, like if well, you want. But and the thing with having Batman in your as your leader or in your group in general is that he checks a lot of boxes. He does. Like, but that's why is, with mine I had to put Mister Terrific because I needed someone like that. Exactly. Yeah. You know, Batman can be your chair guy. Batman can be your leader. Batman can be your person who has a persona as a alias. Yeah. So, so like, no, I yeah. feel that. And then the per if if like we were to up if we were to have a, another member come in, like let's say Unlimited was about to happen, the next person that would join my team, oh no, who would be the next person to join? Because I picked last. Who would be, be the, the next, next person to join? Well, I yeah, guess I would go uh, Firestorm. Ooh, interesting. So the next person to join my team, because Constantine is a consultant, this person would come down from, this person is also a rookie. I have two rookies on my team. Even though Starfire is not really a rookie, this person I have is new to the Justice League, actually in the comics right now. She would be my Green Lantern. I'm taking the Latino Green Lantern, Jessica Cruz. So she would be new. She would be the next person to join my team right after. Actually, you know, Captain Adam wouldn't be a bad one either. I don't like him. Well, he wouldn't fit on my team because him and Superman got beef. That's true. Funny enough, um, neither of us picked Aquaman. Neither of us picked the Hawk people. Neither of us picked Wonder Woman, and neither of us picked a Green Arrow person. No, you know, there's just other people, especially in the Batman universe, that just fill in a lot of those roles. Uh, the one person I feel like we left off that shouldn't, that you know, could have easily been added was Martian Manhunter. But it's just like when you have like a lantern. You know, where do you really need like Martian Manhunter? Well, not that, not just that, but when you have Cyborg and I have Mr. Terrific, John is the Watchtower person. So, like, exactly. And I so. felt like because I have Starfire, that fills my Wonder Woman slot. Sure. I guess I could have put in, a, you know, another female on there, but, you know, 
Zatanna is just a bad bitch. <laughs> no, she's solid. Look, like I said, the next the next person joining mine is Jessica Cruz. So solid, solid squad. Our first draft. Let us know who your Justice League would be and follow the rules to where you only get one Trinity member and then you could pick the rest. But again, my team is Superman, Nightwing, Black Lightning, Wally West Flash, Starfire, Mr. Terrific, John Constantine as a consultant, and Jessica Cruz, Green Lantern. Schubert, give your team one more time. Uh, Batman, Green Lantern, Hal Jordan, uh, Zatanna, Shazam, Flash, Barry Allen, Cyborg, Booster Gold, and uh, Firestorm. Solid, solid. I, I I love this draft, man. We're going to keep this going. I'm excited. I'm excited for the next draft I got. I got to pick my pirate crew. That's going to be tough. Let me tell you. I'm not taking pork. I'm, I'm not taking ace. Fuck ace. <laughs> I'm saying it on the pod. Fuck Ace, and I'm going to say it on the Anime Talk pod, too. I hope Chris takes that bitch, boy. You think Ace is going to be a top pick? He probably will for Chris. I'm not taking that bitch, boy. And I'm not taking Luffy, either, because I'm the captain of that ship. Like, that's the, that's the rules with the Anime Talk, with the, uh, with the Pirate Draft. It's me and Chris You're are the captain. Yeah, we're, we're captains of our respective ship. We have to pick a Devil Fruit, and then we have to pick 10 members to join our team. I don't, know what, I, I don't know what Devil Fruit I'm going to pick, but I, I think I'm going to go Logia. I think I'm going to go Logia to where if someone it doesn't have hockey and they shoot me, it just goes through my body. And I'm like, yeah, fuck you, niggas. <laughs> Dude, you got to get uh, one of the Luffy's pirate crew, though. You gotta I'm, I'm going to take somebody from the Straw Hats. I definitely will. You got to get have, the best. I might have to get my straw favorite hats. Straw Hat, bro. Who? Who's your favorite Straw Hat? Zoro. Ooh, I don't know if Zoro's making my squad. I do not know. There's better swordsmen, that's for sure. That is a fact. <laughs> but, you know, you could... You could the other one that you should get is probably Sanji because he wanted some good cook. I thought about that. I, I'm actually torn between. Well, you haven't met the person I'm torn between. Yeah. I'm not going to say his name on here, but that should be a clue for who I'm going. And it's not fucking Brooke. Gosh. But that's all we got this week, Schubert. All right. Well, that wraps things up for this week's Bros Who Binge episode. Lyndon, tell the people where they can find you at and what's going on with Bros Who Think. You can find me at LynnBWT, follow Bros Who Think, at Bros Who Think. Like we said, we got a brand new Anime Talk episode. That'll be out on Tuesday, tomorrow, by the time you guys hear this. Uh, be sure and check that out. Be sure to check out the most recent Run It Back with where me and Chris reviewed Ghost in the Shell. Be sure to check out the, the Run It Back before that where me, Schubert, and Ian reviewed Pulp Fiction. Uh, be sure to check out this Thursday, the newest Bros Who Think podcast. And if you didn't check out last week's, check that out. And then we sh- we didn't have a new manga chapter of Kaiju number eight, number eight, but there'll be a new one this week. And we're going to have some more anime vids throughout. And the next running back has been chosen, Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. Me, Schubert, and Ian are getting ready to do that soon enough. So be on the lookout for that. All right. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of the Bros Who Binge podcast number 104. And uh, be sure to tune or check out last week's episode where we reviewed The Devil All the Time. Facts. Um, we have a few episodes back. We reviewed Tenant. So if you're still getting to watching that, I hope you are. I hope you have. And we're gearing up um, for the next pitch it match, man. Gearing up for the next pitch it match and anti- anticipating the next slate of episodes for our favorite shows and getting closer to Mandalorian and hopefully some, some other movies that we can talk about down the pipe. But uh, for Lennon Bird, my name's Adam Schubert. I hope everyone has a great week. And as always, keep binging. Could show you lots of things, eh? Hopefully, you focusing on me, yeah. Feel like my without, cause I'm game brave. Got a laser around my neck. Ooh, it get the chain wet, uh, yeah.
Now you just need someone to say you special Cause it's too many times that you been let go Can't love no one no more, can't let them get close, get close how the fuck I'm supposed to love you from a distance? You was making problems, I was trying to make a difference. Yeah. For 2020, let's hit fast forward. Can you do that thing? Move your hips like water. Said that you was looking for commitment. Could tell by how you all up in my business. I could slide through with the quickness.